opens up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, today, I sense by the Holy Ghost that there's a lot of people in here, and maybe who's listening to me on the internet radio, that is waiting on God for something to manifest in their life. Is there anybody in here that you're believing God for something and it has not happened yet? Raise your hand. Yeah, amen. All right. Now, today, I want to talk about this. It's not very popular to wait on God. Amen. I mean, you might, it's not shouting material, as you might say in some circles, right? But I want to talk about how to wait on the Lord. What do you do after you've done everything you know what to do until that thing manifests? That interval of time on waiting on God. I want to talk about how to wait on the Lord. And I want to give you five different keys that we can do while we're waiting on the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. First off, I want to read Ephesians 6.13 here. You don't have to open to it. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, I want to talk about what to do after you have done all, and you knew, you've done what you know what to do in the natural. But I want to talk about what do you do when you stand? How do you stand? What does it mean? You've obeyed the word of God. You've obeyed what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you about that situation. But you haven't seen a change in the natural yet. And so that is the standing part. Or the, come on, be still and know that I am God part, right? Uh, now, as I give these points to you, I want you to keep in mind that I have one major assumption going as I'm going through these points. There's one major assumption I'm going by here, and that assumption is this, that you are believing God for something that the Word of God promises, okay? You're within the boundaries of the Word. You're staying scriptural, amen? Can we all agree on that point, amen? Because if you're outside of the boundaries of the Word, you can wait and wait and wait, and you're still not going to get that thing, amen? But my assumption is is that you're believing God for something that's in the boundaries of the Word of God, something that the Word of God promises you as a believer. You know, people bring up that scripture. It says, all things are possible to him that believes. How many of you have heard that thrown around majorly? All things are possible to him that believes. And they're believing for something that they absolutely have no scripture to back up on. They have no scripture to back their faith upon. Remember, we need to rightfully divide the word of God. Amen? So yes, all things are possible to him that believes the word of God. Or he that has scripture to back up what he's believing for. Amen? So let's go off of that assumption here. And I believe these keys that I'm going to give you will be some kind of a map for you. Something to do while you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for that thing to manifest in the natural. All right, these are practical keys. Number one, the first thing to do to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord prayerfully. Wait on the Lord prayerfully. Prayer is simply this, communication with God. 
It is not always asking him for something. Amen? Remember I told you in the past when I did the uh, three-part series on prayer, I said that there's different kinds of prayers. There's different types of communication with God. How many of you remember that? Okay, a couple of you. Amen. Uh, get the CD then. Remind yourself. But here's the point. Don't let your communication with God take a back seat in life during the waiting period. Don't let God take a back seat in your life because I'll tell you this, that could very well prolong your waiting period. That could take you around the mountain another time. Amen? So don't let your communication take a back seat with God. This will determine your true heart condition as a Christian. Think about this. Are you in it for the relationship with God or just for the blessings? Amen? Wait on the Lord prayerfully. Jesus said this in John 15. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot bear fruit apart from me, he said. See, he is the vine, we are the branches. Jesus and our relationship with him is our life source that will bring these things into our life. Amen? And if you let your relationship lapse with him, forget about receiving the blessings of God. Because now you just pulled your, the branch off of the vine where your life source is hooked into. Amen? We need to wait on the Lord with the prayer of thanksgiving for that thing or situation. So when I say wait prayerfully, I mean your relationship with God and give thanksgiving to God. There is a prayer of thanksgiving which absolutely has nothing to do with asking God for a request. You're thanking God. It's called a prayer of thanksgiving. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and look at verses 16 through 18. I'm talking about this morning waiting on the Lord. What do you do in the waiting period, in the waiting room of life? I'm talking about now the prayer of thanksgiving. We need to give thanks to the Lord for that thing or situation that we're believing God for. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says this. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, that rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing... That is not a suggestion. Amen? That is a command for Christians. We are to rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In other words, don't let your communication with God lapse. Don't let your relationship fall behind with God. Amen? And your communication with God should include thanksgiving. And look at that, it says this in verse 18, in everything give thanks. Well, how can you give thanks in everything, especially when you're going through a trial? How can you give God thanks? Because in the midst of that trial, there's a promise in the word relating to your trial, a promise of God to pull you out of the pit. That's why you can rejoice. You don't rejoice because you have cancer in your body. You don't rejoice because you're getting, uh, having a hard time at work. You understand what I'm saying? 
You rejoice because you know you're going to come out of it victoriously because the Word of God has Scripture to back it out. Amen? That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about rejoicing and in, in, uh, thanking God for all the, the, the attacks of Satan. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Now, so your communication with God should include thanksgiving. Now, think about this. If you truly have faith for something, your attitude and actions will back that up. Come on. If you truly believe God that he's going to pull you out of that pit, your faith is going to demonstrate, your attitude's going to back that up. That's why you can rejoice evermore. See, that's the highest type of faith. When you, boy, when, the, when Satan's coming against you, when the storms of life are beating against your door, you know, Satan hates that when you can rejoice in the midst of that. Why? Because it demonstrates your faith in the Word of God. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Which leads me to my next point. We need to wait, wait on the Lord patiently. Patiently. Go to Psalms 37. Hallelujah. There's that P word, patience. But patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Someone says, well, is, the, is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit or is that the fruit of the born-again Spirit? I say, who cares? It's both. Because once you're a Christian, the Holy Ghost lives in your spirit, and your spirit's born again, made in holiness and true righteousness. So what's the difference? He that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. In other words, there's unity between the born-again Christian and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Woo! Glory to God. Now, we need to wait on the Lord, prayer, or, or I'm sorry, with patience, patiently. Psalms 37, 7. Listen to this. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Now, when you are truly walking in faith toward God, there is a rest or a peace attached to it. Oh, I don't think that registered yet. If you're truly walking in faith toward God in your trial, in your circumstance, there is always going to be a peace or a rest involved or attached to it. You see, listen to me now. Come on. Anxiety and stress are synonyms for the word unbelief. Oh, come on. How many of you know what a synonym is? It means it's a word that means the same thing as another word. Anxiety and stress are synonyms for the word unbelief. And we are commanded in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we are commanded to trust the Lord with all. Say all. All, all of our heart. All of our heart. Now, you show me a Christian who truly has faith and confidence in God's word, and I'll show you a person that's at peace and full of joy and has hope for the future. Now, you show me a Christian who's wavering, as the book of James says, who's wavering, and I'll show you a Christian who, is, who has ulcers. I'll show you a Christian who's ridden, anxiety-ridden and full of stress. Amen? 
Hallelujah. I know this is a simple message, but sometimes we just need to hear it again for it to register in us. Amen? Amen. Um, and, you know, by the way, your worrying about the situation could void out that very thing you are wanting to come to pass. You could be your very worst enemy from that thing coming to pass. It might not even be the devil coming against that thing. It might just flat out be your unbelief toward God and toward God's word. Amen? How many of you know a lot of times we're our worst enemy? Now, that's not downplaying Satan and demonic spirits because we know that they love nothing more than to hinder us from receiving from God. Amen? But come on, we have to take responsibility in this matter. Amen? Now, uh, in, in other words, Another part here that jumped out to me, it says, fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. In other words, don't fret, don't worry when you see an unbeliever with worldly possessions. Amen? Don't envy that individual. Individual. Come on now. That, that's when we're, we're getting into the carnal mindset of just looking at things in the natural and we're totally neglecting the spiritual aspect of the thing. Amen? Well, that person might have millions of dollars, might have a Learjet, and he's going all over the world, but at the same time, if he takes his last breath, he's going to hell because he's not saved. Amen. Now, my question is, do you count worldly things more than spiritual things? Amen? What do you count more of a greater, ri greater riches, the natural or the spiritual? Amen, amen, good answer. Go to 1 Timothy 6. Go to 1 Timothy 6, hallelujah. I love it when they talk back to me, especially when it's what I want to hear, amen. <laughs> now, uh, go to 1 Timothy 6 through 8. Hallelujah. I want to show you something here. This, this scripture uses a word that you don't always hear, especially in the charismatic Pentecostal circles. What's that word I'm talking about? Contentment. <laughs> Contentment. Now, I want to read this to you here. Now, listen to this. It says this in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. It says, but godliness or holiness or living a right life with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out of it. And having food and raiment or food and clothing, let us be there with content. In other words, it's saying this, if your needs are met, you should be rejoicing. It says this, basically, in other words, anything above your needs being met is just icing on the cake. Now, this is the word of God. I'm not sitting up here as some Baptist preacher telling you this. Come on. I'm telling you, this, this word contentment is in the word of God. Now, here's the thing. When we get to the place of contentment, that's when God can bless us more. Amen? Because, because when we go outside of contentment, guess what it turns into? Lust. 
So your contentment shows God your spiritual maturity. When you're content and you're thanking God for what you have, thanking him for your needs being met, now he can trust you with more. That's not even in my notes. That's a freebie this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. But, and it's also saying this too. It's saying be more consumed with spiritual things than worldly things. Make sure spiritual things are your priority. Really, that's, that's what that's saying. It's not saying that you're going to go to hell if you have a lot of money. Amen. It doesn't say you're going to go to hell if you have a big house. It's not saying that. It's just saying be content. If your needs are met, be content. And then more things will be added unto you. Because God then can trust you with greater things greater riches hallelujah so just continue to be a doer of the word and trust god for the rest to fall into place in your life now so in the waiting room of life we need to be patient and let god work out his plan amen now here we go the next one while waiting on the lord you must control your thought life while waiting for that blessing in your life whatever you're waiting on if it's waiting on your children to get saved if it's waiting on a family member to get born again if it's waiting whatever you're in the waiting room of life now you've done what you can do you're standing what do you do you must control your thought life Your thought life must be controlled while the waiting for the manifestation of that thing that you're believing God for. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Your thought life and my thought life is very, very important. Amen. You must control your thought life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says this, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Basically, it's saying this, Any and every thought that is contrary to the word of God must be cast down and thrown out of your mind. There's an old saying. It says this, you cannot help from the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in it. Oh, come on now. How many of you know, as long as we are on this earth, there's, you know, Satan, demonic spirits, they're all around us. They're going to att- throw thoughts into your mind. But the question is, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to take hold of them and make them your own thoughts? Or are you going to say, devil, get out of here and speak the word of God? Amen. So we need to cast down all those thoughts of negativity, all those thoughts that you know, when the devil says, oh, you're believing God for that, give me a break. <laughs> Amen. No, no, you speak the word of God. 
speak the word of God and come back. How did Jesus come against the devil in the wilderness? He spoke the word of God. So you need to get those scriptures you're standing on for that promise. You need to read them, get them in your heart and speak them out. On a daily basis, not once a month. On a daily basis. So we really need to control our thought life. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the promises that deal with your specific issue. Go to Philippians 4.8. I want to show you something here. Philippians 4 verse 8 gives us some incredible instructions on our thought life. Could it be that God knows how powerful the thought life is? Could that be? And maybe why he's given us this verse and other verses that talk about meditating on the word of God. Now, quick distinction. New age meditation or transcendental meditation is, is of the devil. Okay? That's when someone empties, the, they're told to empty themselves and speak a mantra. Meditating on the word, God says, fill yourself with the word and speak the word. Amen? So total night and day difference there. Don't get them confused. Philippians 4 verse 8. <laughs> it says this. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. There's a scripture that says the word of God is pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of our, underline it, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In other words, the word of God is saying Meditate on these things. Control your thought life. Don't get in the ditch with these thoughts that the enemy or even your own mind would try to play games on you. No, we need to stay our course. Amen? Amen. And the word of God will help us stay on course. Hallelujah. You stick with the word, you won't, give, you won't go wrong. Don't give Satan any place. Don't give him any place in your mind. None. Kick him out right away. Kick that thought out. Cast it down. And then it said, to, to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Amen? Obedience to the word. Obedience to the anointing. Ooh, the obedience of Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. The anointing and his anointing. So when you're bringing the thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you're bringing it captive to the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? He brings up scripture for you. I'll bring these things to remembrance. The Holy Spirit, remember Jesus said in John 14, those things that I have spoken unto you, the Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance. Bringing it to the obedience of Christ. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We'll bring the word of God to you. Hallelujah. Next point. While waiting on the Lord, we need to wait on him expectantly. Expectantly or with expectation. You see, when waiting on God, it should not be a shot in the dark kind of a thing. It shouldn't be just a, well, I hope this happens. <laughs> yeah, you know. Doing that Charlie Brown thing. I hope it happens, you know. No, 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 no. 
We need to be waiting on God expecting. You should wake up in the morning saying, God, I'm just expecting great things this morning. Oh, my, my, my. I thank you, Father, that, that uh, you know, this thing that I'm believing for, I have word to believe it. I'm expecting this thing to come to pass. Oh, my goodness. We should wake up every morning expecting. God, oh, glory to God. I'm expecting this thing to come to pass and praise God. I know it's not just a shot in the dark kind of a thing. Amen. If you truly trust God and have faith in his word, there should be an excitement and a joy bubbling up within you. See, that's your litmus test right there. How do you know if you truly have faith? Your attitude will prove it. The words that you speak will prove it. Is it just negativity constantly coming out of your mouth? Or are you speaking the word of God and can people see the light of God all over you as you're walking down the street? Amen? Hallelujah. I do want to say this. Be careful who you are sharing your desires and dreams with. There are many dream killers in this world. And yes, even in the body of Christ. What I mean by dream killers? People who are negative, just totally negative. Amen? You go tell them, boy, I have a vision to do this with this. And, and they say, oh, give me a break. Yeah, whatever. How many of that has had that happen to them and, and it just totally took the wind out of your sails? I have. Amen? But if you have scripture, scripture backing your faith, you can have the utmost confidence that that thing, it might not come exactly when you want it right now, but something's happening because you have the word of God on it. And we got to trust the timing of God on that thing. Amen? That's where you trust the timing of God on that thing. But you're doing everything you know what to do in the natural. So as you're waiting on God, be careful that no negative words come out of your mouth. Be careful who you're hanging out don't cast your pearls before the swine, the Bible says. Make sure you, you are sharing your dreams and aspirations with what you're believing God for. Be sure you're sharing them with someone who's going to stand in faith with you, believing God. Someone who truly believes in God's word. Amen? And doesn't believe that, oh, that's just a metaphor in the word, brother, sister. It doesn't really mean that. Yes, it does. Amen? The word of God means what it says, and it says what it means. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And my last point, how do you wait on the Lord? Be faithful while waiting on the Lord. Be faithful. You see, faithfulness deals with your heart attitude and obedience. Tommy Teddy, Tommy Tenney, how many of you know who Tommy Tenney is? God Chaser's book, amen. I was watching him last night on Sky Angel, and he was at the Word Explosion down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and they had that on the air. And he said this, and I, I was like, wow, that, that is pretty cool. It says this, obedience is God's excuse to bless you. Oh, my. Now, when you hear that, doesn't that turn it around? It takes... You know how some people got the thing that God's just waiting there with a stick and he's ready to slap your hand, boy. He's just ready to punish you. 
But when he said this, boy, it brings a whole new light on, on our Heavenly Father. Obedience is God's excuse to bless you. In other words, he wants to bless you. And your obedience, your faithfulness to him will determine that. So in the waiting room of life, stay and remain faithful to God. Faithful to his word. Faithful to your calling. Faithful to your calling. Now, some believers now who are hearing this, they're saying, well, what's my calling? I don't know what my calling is. I don't know my calling. Amen? Well, first and foremost, if you're a believer, your first and foremost calling is to be a Christian. Well, that might sound like a simple statement, right? But when I met, when, when a lot of people hear calling, all they think about is pastor, teacher, evangelist, a, pro, a po- prophet, apostle. No. Our first and foremost calling on this earth as believers is to be a Christian. In other words, your personal life. Your personal life. See, even though I'm a pastor... My first and foremost calling on this earth is to be a Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the sonship side, then there's the servant side. Your first calling on this earth is your sonship side, being obedient to God in your personal life. Uh, See, that's why there's no favoritism with God. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter if you're a prophet. If your spiritual life is on the rocks, you better get back on track. Amen? So start fulfilling your call as a Christian, and the Lord will reveal the rest of his plan to you. Do what you know what to do from the word. And, you know, if you're called to be a pastor, evangelist, prophet, teacher, accountant, electrician, farmer, how many of you know, not everyone's called to the five-fold ministry. But you're called to be a Christian. Amen? And you can take that calling into your secular calling. Now, I'll tell you this. What people, someone might say, well, that sounds weird. What do you mean have a calling into the secular realm? Well, I'll tell you this. There's people who, who are unbelievers, but they're fulfilling their secular call they're in the job and they prosper at that job how many of you know what i'm talking about i worked in a sales as a salesman position and and this one guy this guy could sell ice to an eskimo (laughs) you understand what i'm saying you knew he was in his element he was doing what he was called to do so but but now we got to get him back on track and get him in place with the lord amen so, yes, there are secular callings. Amen? Not everyone's called to be a pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist. But we are all called as believers to be a follower of Jesus Christ and take that calling into the workplace and tear Satan's kingdom down. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, as I close here, don't run ahead of God. If I were to have this position before the appointed time as pastor, it would be a mess. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we run ahead of God, we get out of God's timing. 
we, we, we're just going to bring hurt and pain and heartache into our lives and into the lives of others. Amen? So don't run ahead of God. Don't rush that waiting period. That waiting period can be a precious time. God's preparing you for that blessing. Amen? In fact, what does it say on the back of the bulletin today that Elizabeth put? Uh, where is it? Look at this quote of the week here. Never think that God's delays are God's denials. Think about that. Because, brother, sister, if you have word on it, you have his word on it. But it might not be as quick as you want it to come to pass. But if you got word on it, that thing will surely come to pass. And it will prosper in that thing where it was sent to do. Amen? God's delays are not God's denials. Be faithful in the things you know what to do from the word of God. And let God reveal the rest to you. Let him, let him lead and you follow. Amen? Let's all stand in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, the waiting room of life. It's not a joyful place. Especially when you see things in the natural that are totally contrary to what you're believing God for. But where is your faith? Where's your believing? God says, just trust me. You got my word on it? Now trust me. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm pulling this thing together. I'm putting together my master plan and I'm going to be glorified that's what God's saying because he is glorified when, when promises in the word come to pass amen hallelujah let's listen to this song Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this building without making him Lord of your life. If you never made him Lord of your life, I want you to come down and I want to pray with you today. Oh, he'll change your life for eternity. For eternity. It's time to come home. Maybe you're a Christian, but boy, you'd never know it by the fruit in your life. You couldn't even convince a, a judge or a jury of that you're a Christian because there's no evidence, no proof. If you want to rededicate your life today, fresh start with God, I want you to come down to this altar and I'm going to pray with you to rededicate, to have a new beginning, new start. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Make your home in my heart. Thank you. 
friend of God. Maybe you've never received the Holy Ghost baptism. Pentecost Sunday, what a better time. <laughs> what a better time to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. When you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit inside of your spirit. But when you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost gets you. Woo, glory to God. If you've never received the Holy Ghost baptism, I want you to come to this altar. And I want to lay hands on you that the fire of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. So that you can burn that other people would see. That would see Jesus living in you. come to this altar. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. And I'm going to leave this open if you want to come up and worship the Lord for yourself and seek Him. lift your hands to the Lord right now and repeat this after him a friend of God. come on now you want to be a friend of God you want that relationship with him come on now not an acquaintance but a friend sensing by the Holy Ghost that there's some breakthroughs coming. I sense by the Holy Ghost that someone's waiting room is coming to an end. You're getting ready to walk through that door. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone's waiting room, someone's waiting period is coming to an end. 
Hallelujah. It's like you're sitting in a room waiting. I see you sitting there crying. I see you sitting there in anguish. And I just picture right now, whoo, the Lord coming in there and saying, pointing at you and saying, come on, come on, walk with me out of this door. Come out of this waiting room. Someone in here, you know who I'm speaking to. Someone in here is knowing, someone's sensing by the Spirit of God that your waiting room is coming to an end. That thing you're believing God for is going to come to pass. And you're going to see it and you're going to glorify God in it. And it's going to be a testimony to others. Testimony to others. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
only can separate us from the love of Christ. So rejoice today. I hear the Spirit of God saying, rejoice where you're at. Rejoice in that waiting room because my plan is being unraveled. It's being fulfilled. I'm working behind the scenes, saith the Lord. So turn that frown into a smile. Turn that crying into laughing. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory. Glory to God. Yes, there is breakthrough coming. I'm telling you. Woo, it's strong in my spirit. Breakthrough. That's all I'm hearing is breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Yes, that those tears are going to be wiped away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it good to know we have God's word on it? That it's not just a shot in the dark, but the word of God. How much do you value the word? Just the same as if I told you something? Or do you value it as the word of the living God? That's quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I hope I've given you something to think about and meditate upon this week. You guys have a blessed week. Come on back on Wednesday. We're on the last week 12 of the John Bevere series. And after that, um, well, I don't know what we're doing yet, but the Holy Ghost will show us. Amen? We got another John Bevere series coming, but I don't know if I'm going to start it right away. So we'll have a good time, though. Amen? Have a blessed week and go out with victory and peace and joy. Amen. Hallelujah. With less, with joy.